This is the Accounting Influencers Podcast with Rob Brown and Martin Bissett. With Rob Brown and Martin Bissett. And a big shout out to one of our special podcast partners, Dex.com. They wear receipt bank. They've been through a great rebound. There's a lot of great stuff going on there, Martin, isn't there, at Dex? You know what, Rob? I always speak to accounting firms about having a strong, uh, clearly articulated value proposition really early on in their messaging. You know, as soon as you see that firm, it tells you something. When I go to Dex.com, that's D-E-X-T.com, it says right in front of me, we make accountants and bookkeepers and the businesses you advise more productive, profitable, and powerful with better data and insights. Those three alliterative Ps there, productive, profitable, and powerful. What a great, clear value proposition. So, as accounting practitioners listening to this, if you're looking to make your firm more productive, profitable, and powerful, not just for you, but for the businesses you advise, go to dext.com, that's D-E-X-T, dot com and start a free trial or book a demo love that dex gives you more time and better data to advise on your clients and businesses so your accountants get over to dex.com thank you and as always with the accounting influencers podcast we kick off monday's episode with a look at the news this is repeated on tuesday as a standalone show and it's where we invite Martin Bissett, who's been in this game a long, long time. He's got the lions and the grey hairs to show for it. What's been happening in the world of accounting? Martin, what have you been about with this week? It's worse now. It's white and ginger hairs. That's, that's, that's a real sign of death. Guy Pearson, who is not the Guy Pearson you may be thinking of, but Guy Pearson has written in accounting today something that I think will speak to every listener we've got. Sometimes when we do the news, there's a concern that it's too UK-centric or too US-centric, and that's because those are our biggest markets for this podcast. But this will reach everybody everywhere. And Guy's article is called Curbing Burnout in Accountants, the five steps that can help. Now, he opens the article with a very uh, straightforward sentence. As the language of business, um, accounting has continued to evolve to keep pace with the rapid change in the various industry landscapes. Straight away, the language of business. Do you, do you think of yourself or your firm, your skill set as the language of business? That's a great marketing angle straight away. I know you don't think like marketers do, but nevertheless, you speak the language of business. You deliver based on the language of business. It's a great starting point. Guy carries on by saying, with more and more businesses shifting to digitized models, we know that's true, and 74% of CFOs at large companies finding payment operation digitization very or extremely essential to their business goals, it's no surprise that the professional accounting and bookkeeping industry must shift too. And of course, I would just, just take issue with the use of industry there. It should be profession. Just on the back of that, Martin, we interviewed Chris Argent from Generation CFO just recently and compared CFOs and accountants. And the ultimate thing they both have in common, Chris said, and his community is 100,000 CFOs and accountants, is that they have to meet business demands. And to do that, you've got to be relevant to the business. You've got to be that right hand of the CEO. You've got to tell the stories behind the numbers and you've got to use the right vocabulary or language, as Guy Pearson is alluding to. Absolutely. So Guy sets up his five by saying to have an attractive place of work is to understand five, a few key tips and tricks. Now that have an attractive place to work, the number of firms, Rob, that come to me and talk to me about their struggle to recruit somebody, they're worried about how the website looks, they're worried about how the offices look, the equipment's a wee bit old and so on, they haven't got around to replacing it yet. An attractive place of work, according to Guy, uh, as you'll hear now, hasn't got a lot to do with those things. So number one out of five, he says leverage automation to avoid wasting time. 
Now, hang on. This is all about curbing burnout in accountants, right? That's right. But it sets it up by saying to have an attractive place to work. Yes. That goes burnout. All right. Okay. Leveraging automation to avoid wasting time. And his first line is enhancing productivity is essential. Now, normally, an accountant would look at enhancing efficiency as being essential. You know, And they said being how productive you are, not how fast you are, is the difference here. For me, the main point of this one is that where Guy says, another example is through the automization of client engagement. This helps significantly increase the efficiency of firms in comparison to those opting for traditional methods. So client engagement, do you have a set of automated emails that go out? Do you have an automatic onboarding process? Do you have automatic reminders for year-end meetings and so on? So leverage automation to avoid you having to look through files to find when it was a year since you last did this, to make a phone call, to try and get something in the diary, to have all of that automated avoids wasting time and severely reduces the workload. That was his number one. It's worth pointing out that Guy Pearson is the CEO and founder of Ignition, one of our commercial partners here on the podcast, Martin, and they're all about automating these onboarding and client relationship processes. So he knows what he's talking about in this regard. He, he does, and you could point to a bias there as well. And so, well, he would say that. But of course, he's seeing the evidence. So number two, uh, you can't blame him for bias over, which is become an expert in the verticals that you're actually passionate about. And one of my contentions is that firms often don't care about their clients. It took a global pandemic for firms to say to me, we really got close to our clients, Martin, and understand what they're trying to achieve. It took a pandemic. So to become an expert in verticals you're passionate about turns the work into joy, turns the drudgery into a calling or a vocation. So I love that point that you're still doing accounting work as always, but for businesses that you actually give a stuff about. It saves you having to fake sincerity with people. And I love that particular tip at number two. At number three, he talks about build relationships for the future. And he says, accountants need to invest in business relationships that serve them, which means getting paid what you're worth. Now, before we go into a whole pricing debate here, the point here is that I was with a top 10 firm a couple of weeks ago who had little or no relationship with the business community around them. And they simply pick up the work that walks in the door. So on that basis, building relationships serves you now and in the future, but it's not something that we find ourselves doing a lot of we're too busy chasing deadlines. It's a discretionary activity, isn't it, Mark? It's what we do after we charge the hours. It's like networking and business development and golfing and spending time with your kids. It's what you do when you're not doing the work. Hence, it falls to the bottom of the pile. Yeah, so if you can find time to not be too busy to be too busy, then you can start actually building things. Number four, set boundaries to prioritize workloads. My old boss used to have what we called submarine time which means he was submerged. You couldn't interrupt him. You weren't allowed to call him. You weren't allowed to send him an email. Everything was on, do not touch me, do not disturb. And it says set boundaries to help prioritize workloads. This is because he could never get through a full day's work because everyone was walking through his door with a stupid question. So submarine time became a part of our culture in that organization because we knew there were times when we were not allowed to interrupt for any reason. If the office building was burning down, he expected us to not tell him about it, just go and put the fire out. And that became a boundary that we knew we had to respect. Otherwise, he spends his day dealing with people who are walking in the door, goes home and still has a workload to create through. And that's how burnout happens. And then number five is a bit more intangible. Lean into your company culture. Now, that's a, again, we've got a horrible modern phrase here, lean into it. Yeah. Uh, let's pull it into English for you. Make an effort, says Guy, to lean into resources and voices sitting at your doorstep. An important approach to any business is to ensure that there is an appealing environment for employees or clients and requests uh, are being heard. In other words, listen to your people. 
Lean into company culture means pay attention to what's going on around you. Be available. So if you're going to set a boundary for submarine time when you can't be disturbed, set another boundary for when you can be nothing but disturbed. And be aware of how it feels to be on the end of your instructions, how it feels to come to work at the place that you own, how it feels to be recognized or not recognized for the work you do in your firm. When he says lean into your company culture, he means pay attention to it, understand it, get to know it, and then improve it. And by doing so, fewer employee issues coming to your door, fewer team members handing their resignations, reducing burnout. So there we have our five tips. Summarized again, we have leverage automation to avoid wasting time, become an expert in, in verticals that you're passionate about, build relationships for the future, set boundaries to help prioritize workloads, and lean into your company culture. Five tips that I think you'll agree, Rob, if they were ever to be implemented, would have the desired effect. Yeah, it's a terrific piece, and Guy knows what he's talking about. I'm interested in it from two angles. One is from the leadership of a firm, the L&D, the HR people, the people that are hiring, the senior partners, to bring that staff through that don't get burnt out, and they create that environment, that culture, with these things in place that makes that firm a great place to work. So that's one thing. And then the other is the accountants themselves taking responsibility for setting up their working environment, their working practices and processes, so that all of these things play out. If they do that, they themselves will take responsibility for their own mental health, mental resilience, and avoid that burnout themselves. Everybody's got a role to play. Yep, absolutely. Everybody's got a role to play. But And the slower day's not coming. It's not like things are going to get easier and, and the workload's be, going to become lighter. We just need to be coping better with the overwhelm of work. Any listener to this podcast who's been in practice, whether as an employee or as a leader, for, for more than five years knows that this is that things aren't going to suddenly get lighter, as you say. There, there is no day of, what should we do today? Coming. Because if nothing else, you find yourself things to get keep busy with. So why not things that are actually going to serve you, your team, your clients, and your future on a perpetual basis? Yep, and that is the news plus, as we say on Accounting Influencers. We give you the news plus what it means for you as an accounting practitioner. Now go and avoid burnout and take it easy while doing your work at the same time. This is the Accounting Influencers podcast with Rob Brown and Martin Bissett.